this is what Jezebel tried to do. She was she was a wicked queen trying to be an evil king. That's why she killed so many of God's prophets because she just wanted that power. are having a beautiful tail end of the week. I hope you guys have been well on your way to accomplishing the things you want to accomplish. I just got done uh, with a move. I was in the process of moving over the past couple of weeks and that process is nearing the completion. The bulk of the heavy work and the heavy lifting is done. But with that, you know, I'm very, very excited about this new beginning for me. Amen. And uh, today, I wanted to bring you guys the topic that a lot of us brothers and sisters in Christ have been talking about, and it's the curse of Jezebel. But before we get into it, I want to say a quick prayer. So for those of you who are listening to the sound of my voice, let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. Give me the words I need to speak, Father, with the wisdom I need to impart on your, impart to your people, the knowledge and the understanding to impart to your people. Let your will be done through me. I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I plead the blood of Jesus over the minds, hearts, and souls, and ears of all those who listen to this message today, Father God. We thank you for all of the abundant blessings you've given us. We thank you for giving us the daily bread. We thank you for protecting us in our travels. We thank you for protecting us against the wiles and schemes of the devil. And we thank you for showing us a way out. May this episode, may this podcast, may this message that you've breathed the breath of life into, may it serve as a humble beginning. May it serve as a way out for those who continue to struggle in the curse who continue to walk in the abomination and let your will be done in Jesus name. Amen. So amen guys going into it, the curse of Jezebel. And I'm going to be reading from first Kings chapter 21 verses 23 to 24 in the name of the word reads in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit and concerning the Jezebel and concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke saying, the dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. The dogs shall eat whoever bring, belongs to Ahab and dies in the city. And the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field. Father God, in your mighty and holy name, once again, I plead the blood of Jesus over this vessel, this microphone, and the listeners. Allow us to receive this word. Allow us to prepare deeper into this next season of the rising of the prophets all over the world, Father God. Allow us to have a huge part in the uprising. Allow this word as a message for all those, myself included, to repent and to turn away and to be reminded that we must kill the flesh daily in order to receive your glory. In your mighty and holy name, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, let your will be done within us. Amen. So, I wanted to talk about the curse of Jezebel because more and more I'm seeing more people being given to that same spirit. I don't know what it is. Well, actually, that's not true. I know what it is. It's the summertime. And in the summertime, Y'all know that people don't know how to act in the summertime. Everybody want to be half naked. You know, it's beach season. Everybody want to lie on the beach. Everybody got to have the best body. I mean, I know the women, but maybe the men feel some type of way. I'm not going to lie. I felt like, you know, you know, I let myself go a little bit and I wanted to drop a couple of pounds, but not because I wanted to show off in front of people. I just wanted to feel uh, good about my health. You know, my energy has taken a nosedive in uh 
in recent times. And, you know, I want to change that. But, you know, God has given me a prophetic word that I will change that and I will change that much sooner than I could even expect. But, you know, I digress. But the curse, I want to talk about the, the curse of Jezebel because it's the summertime and the spirit of lust and the spirit of Jezebel is so rampant in the summertime. You know, more people are out, more people are looking at people exposing their bodies, more people, more adulteresses are trying to entice people to look at them. And so recently I saw a picture of Beyonce sitting with Jay-Z in a dress that exposed half of her body. And it made me think of how much the world is being completely given to lust. And children of Yah, the curse of Jezebel has made its way, yes, it has made its way to the church. And more and more, I see female believers trying to cheat their looks a little bit. You know, I, I see female, even, you know, people in church leader, women in church leadership, you know, I see them as a time, okay, I got to put on my best dress. I got to put on my best heels. And usually the dress is very tight. Usually the, it, 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 it does more to say, I could be sexy and be a woman of God at the same time. That's their message. And they get the message, you know, they try to portray the message like, oh, I want to be just like her. You know, she is so pretty. She's got the hair. She's got the makeup. She's got the skirt and everything is tight. She's got the curves and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes, I am speaking out against that because it's not godly. It's not godly at all. But nonetheless, the curse of Jezebel has made its way to the church. I mean, you don't have to go far and wide to go to a church and you'll hear gossip stories about how such and such slept with such and such. Or recently, maybe within the last couple of months or so, there was a pastor at a church, I believe, in Indiana, and he had admitted to an adulterous relationship with a girl he had slept with for nine years from her teens. You know, and afterwards, you know, she came, she cried in front of the whole congregation. She said, you took my virginity, this, that, and the third. And, you know, I haven't been able to get it out of my mind. And he tried to downplay it a little bit. And then when she gave her story, I think it was the pastor's son or his his clergyman. You know, they tried to intimidate her, like walk up on walk up on the altar and try to, you know, bully her or whatever. And it, it, I just have to say, children, it was an absolute disgrace. This video was floating around everywhere. I don't remember exactly who posted the video, but I'm pretty sure if you Googled pastor in Indiana, that video, pastor Indiana, uh, admits to adultery, admits to cheating, admits to having sex with a minor or something or something along those lines. I don't know. I haven't really recently looked, but this information is out there and children of Yah, yes, it's the spirit of Jezebel. It is because the pastor, yes, it was the spirit of adultery and lust, but also the curse of Jezebel has allowed this man to manipulate this girl into doing whatever she wanted him to, he wanted her to do. And I think this, I think they said that this little girl, she was like a secretary or something like that. And, and, you know, after hours when everybody else left, you know, they would do what they do. And then, you know, they were going about their merry way. And this kind of thing, this happens all the time all the time. Sadly, it happens. And I want you children of y'all to understand that this is a huge misrepresentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a huge misrepresentation. So don't think that because, you know, this kind of thing happens in the church that this is normal. This is not normal. Just because it happens all the time doesn't mean it's what we teach in the church. But children of y'all understand that if it, 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 if it does happen all the time, please understand that this is not a church that no one should be attending. No more. No more of this. And so 
the curse of Jezebel has made its way into the churches, not just church leadership, but, you know, obviously you're going to have some people in uh, the body of Christ who struggle with the spirit of lust and the spirit of adultery and the spirit of Jezebel. You know, obviously you're going to have women in the congregation trying to do the most. Like I used to go to a church where uh, the women, all they wanted to do was just show their curves. It was all about showing their curves, every little curve. And some of these women were married. That's the sad part. Some of these women were married. Some of these women were led to believe I got to show X, Y, I got to show ABC, X, Y, Z curves just to get this man's attention. And some people, some of these women, they don't necessarily want a partner. They just want, they just like the attention. They just like the fact that they can make a man look and turn his neck wherever uh, she wants him to turn. And children, yeah, that is the curse of Jezebel. Jesus, he talked about that. In Revelation chapter 3, I believe, Revelation chapter 3, he spoke to one of the churches and warned them about the curse of Jezebel. Warn them. Warn them. He spoke to the church of Thyatira. And I'm going to read to you the verse. I'm going to read to you the passage. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, right? And this is, he's speaking on the corrupt church in Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 18 through 23. But it says that he, these things says the son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all of the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. The children that Jesus is referring to, children of Yah, is all of those who were born with the spirit of Jezebel, who partook in the spirit of Jezebel. The bloodline curse of the spirit of Jezebel. But Jesus says that the way you can be set free from the curse of Jezebel is through repentance. Kill that part of your flesh and turn away from it for good. A little more on that later. But, the curse of Jezebel, children of Yah, is in the church. It's in the, the leadership. It's in the body of Christ. And as it says in Revelation chapter 2, it's in the corrupt church. It makes a church very, very corrupt. And you got to understand something, too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You got to understand some too. What was going on in the corrupt church? Some of the church leadership. Some of the church leadership. Was causing people to do stuff they weren't even supposed to be doing. Eating things sacrificed to idols. Yeah. You were preaching the word of God. Yeah, you were praying. Yeah, you were doing what you were supposed to be doing. But. But. You still had that curse of Jezebel. And so, children of y'all, I really see this. I see this with men. I see this with women. I've been around a few men who have been known to sleep around in the church. I've, I've been around a few men who've had that reputation, like they, they have sex with anyone and everyone. And I know women who purposefully look and seek after these men. They look and seek after these men. Why? Because of that, that spirit of Jezebel. They know they can control these men. They know they can control 
where their eyes look, where their heads turn, where their steps go. And children of Yah, that is a recipe for disaster. If you want to lose your priesthood as a member of Christ, do what Jezebel did. Jezebel, that's the easiest way to do it. That's the easiest way to do it, children of Yah. And so more and more, I see female believers trying to cheat their looks a little because they think that looking Christian, quote unquote, is boring. And that in order to really attract the men, they have to show a little something. Oh, well, I can't wear a turtleneck. Uh, I don't like wearing turtleneck uh, shirts or, or blouses. So I'm going to wear that low V cut that shows a little cleavage because I'm trying to get that dude to look. I'm trying to see how many men I, I, I can attract because the more men I can attract, the more beautiful I'll feel. And so I'll do a little more and more of it. Obviously, you're going to have new members come to the body of Christ. And there are some of them, depending on the church that you go to and where the church is located, they're going to dress inappropriately. They're not going to be conservative in how they dress. They're going to be flamboyant. You know, they're going to be extra. And I don't really condemn them because they're new to the body of Christ. They hadn't received, received the great commission yet. Or if they did, they're in the very, very beginning of their walk. And children of y'all bringing somebody out of that, it takes time. It takes time. Now, I notice I'm really talking about the girl. I'm more talking about the girls than I am the men because it's more apparent with the girls. Yes, there are some really dirty men or fallen men, men who have fallen away from the faith, and they do have sex with everything that moves. They don't honor their marriage covenant. They don't honor and give themselves up for their wives, just as Christ gave himself up for the church. You know, they're not willing to submit to their women. They're virtuous women at that. Because I see a lot of good women getting cheated on by men who struggle with the spirit of Jezebel. I see a lot of good women out there getting hurt. But it's more apparent with the women because they are the best physical representation. Not all the women, just the women who partake in the curse. Don't misunderstand me. But they're the, be- the women who partake in the curse, they are the best representation of the curse of Jezebel. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And as it is in the natural children of Yah, so it is in the spiritual. And so these women, they think that looking, they think that just because you're a Christian, that means you have to look boring. You have to look like a girl who, who, who doesn't, who, you know, who doesn't, you know, idolize Roman you basically have to look like 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 I can't even describe it because I don't want to be disrespectful and I don't even have the words for it anyway but they just don't want to look boring but children y'all let me tell you something at the end of Proverbs it says charm is deceitful and beauty is passing but a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised there is nothing more beautiful more attractive than a woman who praises the Lord. Like for some of you, for you men out there, have you ever been around a woman who praises the Lord, like really praises the Lord? Doesn't she look so beautiful? Like she just has the light in her eyes, you know, as she sings, as she's joyful, as she's praising, as she's virtuous. Every man, let me, let me tell you women something. Every man, every man, excuse me, wants a Christian girl. There's a reason for that because Christian women are amazing. And even the worldly men know this. Christian women are amazing. As far as the Christian men, I think the standard is a little bit different because when a Christian man dates a worldly woman, the worldly woman she doesn't, you know, she, she's not like, ooh, I got me a good Christian man. Her mindset is the curse of Jezebel. 
her mindset is, I want to find some kind of way to change him. If I could say it another way, I want to find some kind of way to control him and get him into doing what I want him to do. How many of you women would agree that whenever you come into contact with a guy and he's not your ideal image, you subtly try to change him into what you want him to be? Well, children of y'all, that is the curse of Jezebel, because you got to understand something. Jezebel was a manipulator. When you read about Jezebel in First and Second Kings, she was very much a manipulator, and she was married, might I add. She was married to Ahab, but Ahab, we see it in First and Second Kings, he always took a back seat to whatever Jezebel wanted to do, as Jezebel decided to run around and, and do what she did and, and you know, assert her will and kill all of God's prophets because she wanted the power. She wanted to do it the way she wanted to do it. Jezebel was a manipulator. And that's what happens when a good Christian man comes into a worldly woman. You can see the serpent in her eyes. I myself have been in a number of relationships where, you know, I was reading my Bible. I was into the word. I was praying every day. But then I got into a relationship where the other person, their faith wasn't so good. It wasn't so strong. And rather than being interested in Jesus, they were more interested in their pockets. They were more interested in, well, what could I get from this man before I just, before I dump him off to the curb and pick somebody else? Who's going to be my next sucker? One of my exes told me the story about how she struggled with the curse of Jezebel back in her day. She said that I would go to clubs, I would go to bars, and I would be like, I will, I will put on my hottest dress, and I'll be like, who's going to be my next sucker tonight? And then she would go out of her way to make men fall in love with her, and then she would kick them to the curb and find somebody else. And so this is the danger of men when you're a Christian man and you seek a woman, but you don't use discernment and you choose the wrong woman and she struggles with the curse of Jezebel, you're going to have a toxic relationship on your hands and it's going to be hard to kick because Jezebel, like I said, was a manipulator. So she knows how to say the right thing. She knows how to say the right thing at the right time just to make you stick around a lot. I mean, how many of you men know or maybe you've been in this situation yourself, but how many, how many of you men have ever been in a relationship and it was just so hard to leave? I got, in, I got into a conversation years ago with a man. He was tired of his girlfriend. He was tired of her. So I said to him, dude, why don't you leave? If she's that bad, why don't you leave? Because I'm scared to tell her. A lot of men don't want to say it, but they all go through it. They all go through that. They're scared to tell these Jezebel women, listen, you ain't for me. Because these Jezebel women, they control them something terrible. And sometimes when they get into arguments, she gets violent. Because when a woman has the curse of Jezebel, you better understand that door is wide open. Picture a house. And the door, the front door is unlocked and it's unlocked throughout the entire night. So what can you expect? Can you expect that house is going to be well protected? Or are you going to have a bunch of thieves and stuff come in the middle of the night to try to steal and rob whatever they can? This is a woman with the curse of Jezebel. This is a woman with the curse of Jezebel who not only wants to control her Christian man, but she wants to dethrone him from his priesthood. She wants to throw him off. She wants to knock him off balance. And so, children of Yah, we have to be mindful of this. I feel good now that I spoke about both sides. I feel good that I spoke about the men as equally as I spoke with the women, or maybe I haven't. If I haven't, let me, let me, let me reiterate on the men. The, uh, what does a man with the curse of Jezebel look like? A manipulative spirit. 
or someone who's very promiscuous. In all likelihood, it's probably both because promiscuous men are very manipulative. They know how to say what they want to say to get what they want to get, you know, and they say what they need to say to make the women feel like they're loved, feel like they finally got one. And then when they give it up, they're never to be found. And then whenever you talk to them both, oh, we were in a relationship. No, we weren't. We were not in no relationship. Yes, we were. No, we weren't. Yes, we were. You were coming over my house every day, trying to do this, trying to do that. You know, my mother, my sister, my this, my that. I don't know. No. All I wanted was sex. All it was was sex. That's it. All it was was a fling. A lot of times you hear that story. That's the curse of Jezebel. Manipulating, controlling. And so... As for the men, you know, this really hasn't been a new thing, especially with men in the churches, but men have a tendency to covet their neighbor's wife with their eyes. How do I know this? Because when I struggle with the spirit of lust and and I was going through a 22 year pornography addiction, I struggle with the same exact thing. I used to look at on another man's wife. This is me being very transparent. I used to look at another man's wife and I used to be like, wow, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. I wish that was my wife. This is what I used to do. I'm just being transparent. Now the, the story is different, obviously, but this is what I used to do. But, you know, I don't necessarily want to get too much into the condemnation side of things because should there be any of you out there who struggle with the curse of Jezebel, with the spirit of Jezebel, I don't want you to feel like I'm just, you know, Bible thumping you. I don't want you to feel like I'm beating you down. But the whole point of this episode is to show you how the curse of Jezebel can get one person, man or woman, to deceive them out of their priesthood where they're away from the kingdom and their knee, their eyeball deep in lust and sin. And they think it's enjoyable until they realize that their soul is broken because that happened to me too. You know, there was a time um, I was very, very consistent with the Bible. There was a time when I was very consistent with church and with prayer. And then I met a girl who had the spirit of Jezebel and all of a sudden that fell apart faster than a wet piece of paper in the rain. It, it just, it just fell apart. And I felt like I was so far back. I felt like I really fell off and I felt like, man, this, there's no way I could get back. Like there's no way I could, I could redeem myself. How many of you have ever felt like that? Like you felt like you were going good. And then the devil just threw you that one thing that, he knew and you knew and God knew you couldn't resist. And then after that, it was over with. That was the end of it. And so children of y'all, I've been there. And like I said, I don't want to get into the condemnation side of side of it too much. I want to remind you of the priesthood. I want to, I want to get you guys to see how it destroys your priesthood. Because, see, like I said earlier, Jezebel was a woman who quite frequently, you know, she overstepped her bounds. And, you know, we see this in First and Second Kings when she killed a lot of God's prophets in favor of her own. But she didn't kill all of them because Obadiah, he hid, how many prophets was it? Was it 150? But Jezebel killed 90? I don't remember what the exact number was, but Obadiah hid a number of God's prophets from Jezebel. And she was on the witch hunt for them. And so she tried to kill, she killed them. And then she tried to kill and hunt down Elijah. And, you know, Jezebel, she used her seductiveness to steal the priesthoods of many, many men in order to gain their power. And I have a hunch, the spirit is telling me that Ahab was one of them. Because let's not forget, you know, whenever we use the term Jezebel, we always think about a promiscuous woman who's as loose as a goose, who has sex with whomever she wants to have sex with. You know, she's out, she's out there, you know, her dress is crazy. But let's not forget that Jezebel was married. 
Jezebel was married to Ahab, but she overstepped her bounds. You know, and let me tell you, and let me tell you guys something. Let me tell you guys something. You know, for those of you who know someone, know a woman who always wants to overstep the bounds of a man, let me tell you something. Queens can't be kings. Queens are queens for a reason. And so this is what Jezebel tried to do. She was she was a wicked queen trying to be an evil king. That's why she killed so many of God's prophets because she just wanted that power. And she knew the men had a thing for her and she used it. And her husband Ahab, he was a king of Israel at the time. He was perfectly fine with her doing all of that. He was perfectly fine letting her go, letting her do what she wanted to do. And because Jezebel was such a power hungry woman who went against the will of God, God ordered that she be killed by the dogs and the horses. And children, in case you didn't know, the dogs, dogs represent the spirit of lust in the Bible. There's a verse in the book of Proverbs that says a dog returns to his own vomit. A fool caught up in his lusts, a fool caught up in his own mistakes. And so dogs represent the spirit of lust in the Bible. And Jezebel, you know, had been eating away at the priesthoods of men for a very, very long time. And she knows how to seduce people into the black hole. She knows how to seduce God's. Well, I'm not going to say God's prophets because I don't want to give light to nothing. The devil, because the Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So I'm not even going to speak that into existence. Father God, please forgive me. But she knows how to seduct people into the black hole and they don't realize what's happening until it's too late. That happened with me many, many times. You know, I'm thinking, oh, this girl is telling me everything she wants to hear. Yes, I was susceptible to being deceived by women because I like women too. But, oh, this woman was telling me everything she wanted to hear. And then, you know, she would do a little, a little of this, a little of that, you know, something that went against the word of God. At first, it was few and far in between because, you know, I overlooked it. And then it started to increase more and more and more. And by that time, you know, I was hooked. I didn't want her to leave. And this is a reality for a lot of good men who just want, they just want a woman. And so they get caught into the spirit of compromise. They get caught in that compromise and they, they want to make it work with them so much. Like, oh, she shows potential and, you know, she, she tells me everything I want to hear. And, you know, but, you know, she just does a few things. You know, she, she's controlling at times. She's argumentative at times. And she always wants her way. And, 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 then, and then we have a little sex and, and it's, it's over with. And then it just happens, you know, all over again for another three, four days. This is what happened to me. I'm being transparent. This is what happened to me. And so a lot of these men, they don't realize what's going on until it's too late. And children, we see it in the church. We see the spirit of lust manifested. Why? Because the devil has done a very, very good job of indoctrinating the minds of many, many Christians into thinking that vanity is the way to the blessings of matrimony. Vanity is the way to marriage. And see, guys are stupid like that. We think that a woman with a nice curvy body equates to beautiful marriage. I don't know where we got that from, but that's what we think. And we always fall into this trap. And the women play into it because they think that that's the only way they're ever going to get attention from the men. They think that that's the only way that's ever going to happen. And children of y'all, let me tell you something. The laws of obedience are very, very black and white in God's eyes. And yes, something as simple as trying to be sexy can cause you to lose your whole priesthood. But see, Jezebel, like I said, wasn't about just sex. You know, she was all about control and she could, you know, she could have had her priesthood restored and she could have been used by God 
Because like it says in the book of Revelation, the Holy Spirit called Jezebel to repent and she refused. But the thing about it is, is that she loved the power. She loved the control. You know, she loved getting ahead of herself more than she loved God. And it was a lust for her. And at the same time, she wanted to have God's power. She wanted to have the anointing of God. And so the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the Holy Spirit spoke to Jezebel, telling her to repent of the sexual immorality. And you know what happened? She refused. She refused. And so Jezebel was killed by the very thing that she used to manipulate others, which was the lust in the form of dogs. Because like I said, children, dogs represent the spirit of lust. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And so with that being said, the Holy Spirit calls everybody, but I kind of want to focus on that Revelation chapter two passage when the Holy Spirit tries to knock on Jezebel's door, telling her to repent, telling her to turn away from this life. So my question is this, children of y'all, what do you think Jezebel might have been called to had she had accepted the calling? And if she had accepted the calling, what would the spirit might have looked like in her? Personally, I think Jezebel if she had repented, if she had turned away, she would have been great, a great evangelist for the women, a great evangelist for the women. She was not a prophetess. She called herself a prophetess. Like it says in the book of Revelation, she called herself a prophetess. But even the Holy Spirit himself acknowledged that Jezebel was not. She did not have that gift. And I honestly believe that Jezebel, she wanted to get the prophetic gift more than anything else. She, she couldn't understand it. She didn't understand it because the word of God says in, in the book of John chapter one, it says, you know, that God was the light of all men and the light shined in the darkness and darkness did not comprehend it. And so when it comes to Jezebel, I personally believe that she just did not understand the gift of the prophetic and she wanted it so bad. She wanted, she didn't want necessarily want to be used by God, but she just wanted the power of a prophet. And that just, it just grew a spirit of envy and bitterness and hatred and a spirit of Cain in her. And that's what led her to kill off so many God's prophets. Let me read to you that John chapter one, verse four verse in him was life in Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So I was pretty close. I just wanted to read it word for word because I didn't want to be wrong. So that was John chapter one, verses four and five, excuse me. But Jezebel she wanted to be one. She didn't want to be one of God's prophets. She just wanted to have that knowledge, that knowledge of good and evil. Like the Garden of Eden, like how Adam and Eve wanted the knowledge because the serpent deceived them. When Eve told the serpent, like, if we eat this, God told us that we would die. And the serpent said, you shall not surely die. But if you eat this fruit, you know, you'll have the knowledge of good and evil. And Adam and Eve, they wanted to know all there was to know about what God created. But they wanted it through the means of deception. And Jezebel, she wanted that knowledge. Jezebel very much understood how powerful a prophet was. 
Jezebel very much understood how important a prophet was. Because back in those days, there was no Bible. There were the Ten Commandments, but there was no Bible. It wasn't all of this structure. And so if you had the voice, if you had the voice of God within you, if you were a direct messenger of God, you were someone that the people feared, just like they feared Samuel. Because when Samuel came to town, he always had a message of destruction or he always had a message because the people knew that they weren't doing what God told them to do. And so whenever he came to town, they knew what was going on. They knew what type of time it was. And so back to Jezebel, you know, if she had accepted that calling, I just want to encourage you to think about this. Like, what would that have looked like? Because man, uh, manipulation, if not sacrificed uh, to the Lord, is a one-way ticket to hell. It's witchcraft. Because you're, for, you're performing something against someone's will without them knowing. And this is what Jezebel specialized in, manipulation. And like I said, what does that look like in men? And the answer is the very same. You know, there are men out there that use, like I shed light to earlier, they use their charismatic charm to control women. And then there are some men who use that same charge, that, that same charm, excuse me, to have sex with anything that moves to fulfill that lust. I know some men, all they do is have sex with women to the point that they're tired of it. Some of them even go to men just to see what it is. It's disgusting, but this is what it looks like. And some of these men, they have sex with all these women, and they have kids with all these women. Because they get very, very excited. They get very, very excited. And so, children of y'all, that lust deceives men into thinking that they gain more power with more women they sleep with. Like I had a conversation a while back with a guy about a celebrity who was eyeball deep in sin, eyeball deep in lust. And yeah, I don't remember who he was, but you know, he was one of the better looking celebrities out there. And I told the guy that what he was doing, what the actor was doing, the life that the actor was living, it wasn't worth it in the bigger scheme of the kingdom. And to which he responded, well, he gets more pee time than you ever will. Those of you fill in the blanks, I hope you don't understand what I'm saying when I say pee time. And to him, you know, I said to him, I said, well, if you think that's a real accomplishment, I feel sorry for you. And I found that, I found that comment like so just out there. Like I haven't heard anybody say anything like that since my days in high school, because that's usually the mindset of the boys in high school. And that's usually the mindset of manipulative men. You know, all they want is the girls. All they want is to control the girls. And the more, you know, they can get the better. That's how we all thought in high school. If you didn't have Christ, and if you weren't a monogamous person, your mindset was get all the girls. And the more you could get, the better. You know, that that's, that's your power. That's what we thought. And for the girls, ironically, or paradoxically, the mindset is the more boys they can dump, the better. Because their static and stock price jumps up in their mind. They, the girls, they want to see themselves, these high school girls, they want to see themselves as untouchable. They want to see themselves as eventually out of, your, out of the boys that pursue them. They want to see themselves as out of the league, out of their league. Every girl wants to be that desirable. Even if she doesn't want to have sex with any of them, they all want to be that desirable. Everybody wants to seem like they are more than a catch. And everybody wants to make themselves up to be more than what they are, both man and woman alike. 
And before you ladies write me off, you know, these were the conversations I've listened to, you know, when these little girls, they had them, you know, it was all about how many boyfriends you could get in a week. It was all about dating Kyle. It was all about dating Brad. It was all about dating Anthony and Josh all within the same week. I just threw out these names out there, but you guys know what I'm talking about. It was all about how many dumps you could get in a week. And the more dumps you got, the more popular you were. And then the boys, they usually lie to each other about how many partners they've had. They lie to each other about how many partners they've had. And they also, they also lie about the story. Like, oh, I dumped, oh, I, 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 I did her a while back and, and I, I dumped her. You know, she's just boring, dude. You know, that wasn't the real story. In all likelihood, she never touched you. She found you disgusting and she dumped you. That's usually the story. Everybody lies. I mean, most, most people lie about how many sexual partners they've had. You know, women typically, see, they want to they wanna say they've had, they have a lot of dating experience, but when it comes to sex, they want to make that number smaller. But the men, they want to make that number larger because they want to come off as a performance machine. They want to come off as someone who knows how to please a woman. That's why they make that number larger in their head. And they want to make it seem like they're extremely desirable to the women who are taking an eye on them. And so... People with that mindset, you know, that mindset, it follows well into the 20s. And the 20s is where we build this idea that more sex with different partners equates to a better dating experience or more dating experience. And if we meet anybody who doesn't have that experience, then we label them as return to sender. They're damaged goods. We don't want them. We don't want nothing to do with them. And children of y'all, not everyone is like this, but like I said, these are the conversations I listen to. And some of them, you know, I was even included in when I had my own experience that I shared with you earlier. But going back to the curse of Jezebel, you're like, what does this have to do with anything? It's all a manipulation game because the curse of Jezebel, children of y'all, is all about manipulation. The sex is the hook, but the real power is the handcuff. It's the manipulation. It's the control. Why do you think so many people struggle with the spirit of Jezebel? They like to dress up as, uh, 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 Don, 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 uh, how do you say it? Don, Don Matrix. They like to wear that skin tight vinyl and whips because it's all about the control for them. A lot of people say that that's a fetish. No, 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 no. It's all about the control. That's why that kind of stuff exists. The more power a woman has in that genre of sex, the more into that spirit of Jezebel she feeds into. It becomes more and more apparent. I know I'm getting a little graphic for some of you, but but I want you guys to understand that everything in this world is spiritual. Everything. Whatever manifests Physically in this world, it always started off somewhere in the spirit. And children of y'all, the curse of Jezebel is a very real thing. The spirit of Jezebel is a very real thing. And so the spirit of Jezebel, the curse of Jezebel was only the bait. You know, the celebrities that the devil uses to advance trends in the music and the movies that we bathe in. It deceived us into a spirit of envy and that turned into a spirit of division, but not before it gave way to a spirit of infirmity. You know, this is how the devil's demons work. You know, they gang tackle. You ever watch a football game? You ever see how it'll be maybe eight, nine, ten players surrounded around the ball carrier and they gang tackle and they jump on top of them? This is how the devil's, the devil's demons work, children of Yah. They play dirty and they kick down even the slightest cracked door and they come in and guess what they do? They wreak major havoc. 
And it could cause a person to love and sin through the price of pain at the same time. Like Legion from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, when he was in that demon-possessed man, I'm going to read it to you. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of, I can't pronounce it, Gadaranus. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains because he often had been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him. Imagine being so demonly possessed children of Yah that chains can't even hold you down. Handcuffs can't even hold you down. I've never seen anybody break handcuffs, but this is what the Bible says that he was chained and not even the chains could hold him. That's a serious demonic affliction. And the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. That's terrible. This man wanted to commit suicide. He was, he was struggling with that spirit of torment. He was struggling with that spirit of torment, something terrible. And when Jesus, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. He's begging Jesus not to torment him because guys, even the demons know who Jesus is. They hear the name Jesus and they, and they tremble. And this man, because he knew he was demon possessed, and that's another thing, too, that a lot of people, they don't necessarily believe that they're demonly possessed. They're blind. This was a man who wasn't blind. This was a man who was very much aware that he was afflicted. And this was a man who was very much aware that he could be helped. The fact that he came to Jesus and asked for help, that was the beginning of his priesthood. And so... For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. And then the story goes on, you know, goes on to say Legion. He begged Jesus, he and his demons, they begged Jesus not to send them out. But instead they asked Jesus to send the swine so that the demons could enter the swine and demons entered the swine. They went crazy. And they all ran towards the sea and they drowned. That's the story of Mark chapter 9. That's how powerful these demons are. And children of Yah, you better believe that there are a lot of unclean spirits that can draw someone into committing suicide. There are a lot of unclean spirits that can draw someone into committing suicide. Happens all the time. You think committing suicide is a normal thing? You say, what about the what about the spirit of Jezebel? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How many women do you know have committed suicide because they felt dirty? They felt unclean. Plenty of rape victims who have been who have felt violated or they feel like they always gotta show their bodies. A lot of these women, they struggle with these thoughts. They feel like they have nothing to live for. They feel like, see, they know they don't want to do it, but they feel like they have no way out of it. I have a lot of friends who were sexually abused in their youth, and they were led to believe that men just wanted them for their bodies. A lot of these women were raped by their own relatives. Some were raped by their cousins. Some were raped by their uncles. Some were raped by their fathers. This kind of thing happens, children of Yah. Eight out of 10 women are sexually abused. Eight out of 10. And that's why you see so many women, because they have convinced themselves that they're unclean because of that experience, how they present themselves in dress and demeanor, 
and having it be on par with what Jezebel did is a representation of that brokenness. And so this is what the demons do. They gang tackle you. Even the slightest door open, it doesn't matter. A a, a cracked open door is still an open door. Imagine leaving your house with the door left open. And when you came back, you know, your place had been ransacked. And children, y'all, this is what happens when we don't let Jesus lock the door to our hearts where only he, he can dwell. And we leave the door wide open to anything and everything else. When we do that, the absolute worst happens. And so we see the curse clear as day in the minds and hearts of a lot of people in today's day and age, especially now since it's the summertime. You know, the women are wearing less and the men are getting more lustful, more controlling because all, all they want is that cookie time. That's all they want. And the fashion tastes are all about wearing less and still being covered. And we can't have nothing on TV without sex being promoted. You know, it could be a commercial about butter. And there's a couple dry humping in the kitchen on the table. It could be a commercial about hangers. And it'll be a girl in lingerie making a sexually suggestive pose holding hangers. This is very much on purpose, children of Yah. Everything, almost everything is sexualized. Because I know they say sex sells, but sex also sells your soul to the devil. Outside of the context of marriage, sex sells your soul. It does. And so in closing, I want to say this. The curse of Jezebel, don't get caught up in it, children of Yah. For some of you men who struggle with the spirit of lust like I did, I understand. I know how difficult it is. I know it's hard not to look at some of these women. Because these women, these days, they dress so crazy. Like, it it really blows my mind some of the things that these women wear. And then you could look in their eyes and a lot of them... There's nothing there. They're broken. Some of them were, a lot of them were raped, but most of them don't understand. They just go off of what they were shown their entire life and they think that that's the way of life. That is a deception of the devil. And for you women, if this is you, please understand that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you and he wants you to repent. He wants to restore your priesthood. He wants you to make it into the kingdom. He wants you to advance his will. There is nothing more sexier than a woman who fears the Lord. There is nothing more sexier to you guys than a man who follows the Lord. So fear and follow. Notice those words are together. The book of Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and instruction. Or rather, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I think it says in the book of Psalms that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and instruction. But if you fear the Lord, if you fear his command, see, it's not about only surrendering, but it's about Jesus wants to give you the keys. Jesus wants you to give you, wants to give you the keys of overcoming the curse of Jezebel. Jesus wants you to break the spell. He wants you to cast out the devil. And he wants the signs to follow you so that all may be able to see the miracle in you. How many of you have ever witnessed someone who was delivered from the spirit of Jezebel, from the manipulation, from the control, from the sex, from the prostitution, from the lust? And they had a beautiful transformation. How many of you have seen How many of you would agree that that's the most amazing thing in the world? For the men, I say the same thing. How many of you have ever met a man? who was so into sex 
so into drugs, so into this, so into that. And then he made a beautiful transformation. And it was the most beautiful thing you ever saw. It was like, wow, man, I remember you. You used to do this, that, and a third. You don't do nothing. You doing what? You doing God's will? It's, it's incredible. And the thing is, when both these men and women, when they receive the gospel, you can see it in their eyes. You can see the peace in their eyes. You can see the joy. You can see the love, the gentleness, the faithfulness. Because children of Yah, these people, they've seen the fires of hell in their lives. It's terrible. Terrible. And so children of Yah, I want to encourage each and every one of you that Jesus loves you. Jesus wants you back. You are created in the image and likeness of God. And your priesthood that the devil is always trying to take away through the spirit of Jezebel, through the curse of Jezebel, your spirit, that your priesthood is bigger than that curse. And your priesthood, your priesthood can very much break that curse, splinter it into a thousand pieces. And you will know true freedom when you receive Jesus and you can break this curse, children of Yah. So I encourage you to break it. Break it. Walk in God's will. And it'll be the best thing you've ever done. Guys, that's all I have for tonight. I pray that you guys go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. You can catch my handles. I'm on Instagram, Yahweh Rise. You can also type in Yahweh Rise Podcast on Facebook. My name is Shaquan Woody. I love you all. Go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name, and have a beautiful weekend. I love you all. Thank you. Bye-bye.